one. Do you do some <laughs> presentations before as well? You get on stage much? Oh, I sing. I've uh, been in the studio recording. So, yes. Awesome. What do you say? Been on TV. Uh, contemporary Christian ballads. Uh, what else? Yeah, I did musicals and all that. So, yeah. All right. And still making time with it. You take time for it, even as a CEO, COO. And yes, I was at my parents' there. event a couple of weeks ago and sang a couple of times and performed there. So, yes, I love it. Awesome. What do you think is um, what are two of the most important things people might get out of today's show? Is if you are an innovator, a, a startup or someone looking to do a business, uh, if is a nonprofit that can educate you, support you and help you get funded. For VC pledge partners that are looking to put money into startups and don't want the risk and losing all their money, we actually uh, create a partnership with you to curate your pipeline of startups. Nice. And what's number two? Oh, that was one and two. <laughs> you got one right all the way here. I am not looking at the combination, but you're right. Those are two separate. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up? And welcome into Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And uh, we've got Diane Tucker on today. She's got a heck of a story. She's overcome some great, great challenges and adversities, and she's turned her life into a career of giving as well as um, a very effective CEO and COO for multiple companies. So we'll be looking at that from different angles as we explore her vision um, with her nonprofit that she runs that could help you find funding for your startup and get yourself positioned to be able to maximize that. So um, before we dive in with Diane, a little shout out to our sponsors. We've got ColdClick. ColdClick is what we use for our LinkedIn automation. Um, and so as we get information, we get our messages set up to attract a new audience. That system helps me connect with as many people as possible on a day-to-day -day basis in order to attract people for this very show and experience. In addition to that, it also allows me to change the message anytime if I want to promote something that we have going on special for our business. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to Tap Mental and David Goodall and what, what he's done uh, to create a business that helps entrepreneurs with their mindset. And ultimately, he calls it putting the helping them with their psychology in order to create the systems that they need in order to break free from their business. And he works specifically with blue collar business owners, uh, construction, think general contractors, um, people who might, you know, into roofing, um, you know, your service provider, your local service providers would be great. Um, I recommend going to tapmental.io and checking out some of his case studies. Uh, they've impressed me tremendously. And he's impressed me as a friend and as a father, as a human being. I do recommend uh, Dave, but uh, by all means, check out the case studies. Uh, they, they really speak for themselves. Um, without, without going on too far though, I want to talk about the water project. Um, so I'm sure Diane can appreciate this. Um, if she's not already a supporter, the water project, um, allows us as individuals to contribute to providing water to those who have a severe dire need for it in their communities. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's important to me because these, these young children, the parents, the communities, they have to walk for miles to get access to water. That's not even necessarily clean just to be able to survive. And you can imagine the impact that would have on a community 
over a 10 year period with all the time that would be saved if people just had the opportunity to get water from their house, just like we do. Well, this brings them what's called a borehole well to their community, or they create this sand dam. It's, it's really neat to see how the different projects work out, but you can actually choose which project you want to help. And then they're going to send you email updates of the project status as it moves along. So you can see the impact that you had. You also get to see the education that the local people get um, in relation to uh, their project and, and how they go about maintaining um, <clears throat> maintaining their living with, um, you know, more, I guess, more healthy water, more health training as well. I'm trying to the sanitation training that they get of, of uh, maintaining that, creating soap, things of that nature. It's just, it's really cool. I love the, I love the adventure. So if, um, if you know of a, a cause that you'd like us to promote and give to, don't hesitate to drop that in the comments as well. Um, we're open to looking at other causes that we could support. Uh, we're all just very blessed. Um, if we're listening to this right now, you yourself are extremely blessed and it makes sense to take a little bit of time to help other people also achieve great blessings in their life. So without further ado, we're going to bring Diane Tucker on board. And uh, Diane, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So uh, before we dive in too much into the nonprofit itself, you have quite the backstory of adversities that you had to overcome um, in order to make sure that you could operate uh, the way that you are now. And that included a brain surgery that included yes. losing your vision for a number of months. And I'm sure there's other health uh, challenges beyond that, too. Um, real quick, do you mind quantifying some of those those steps, those milestones that you passed through? um on your way to to launching your venture definitely so in 2005 i was 24 at the time that's when i had brain surgery the doctor said i had a pineal cyst on my brain that was putting pressure on the brain and causing headaches and that if we removed the cyst i would be better unfortunately surgery caused more problems than it fixed uh, vision was not one of the risks they mentioned double vision was so bad i couldn't see or make out who was in front of me it was just lights. I had to go around like this for or with the eye patch for about three months um, and my eyes closed for them to heal and link back up. So if I look at you straight ahead, I see one. If I turn my head or start looking at the room, you'll see my eyes start doing this, I see two. Mm -hmm. um, so still to this day, I deal with double vision. Um, my eyes don't really contract the light, even though I'm inside a building, um, I don't have my glasses on, but I usually have shades on 24 seven so that I can make out who's around me. And, um, Wow. To this day, still dealing with, after that, I developed too much fluid on the brain. I don't know if anybody's heard of IIH, um, but that is when too much fluid is on the brain and it acts as a uh, tumor that's invisible. And so doctors and all that, but being on the permanent disability and things coming to a screeching halt, I was full-time in school, full-time in ministry, full-time in work, and things came to a screeching halt but it allowed me to utilize my skill sets. I'm a computer techie, taught myself to code at mm -hmm. nine years old. I, I learned how to code DOS at nine and I wow. was, <laughs> um, so I've always been a techie, but I paid my way through college with accounting and office management. So I love numbers. So I had all these skill sets wow. and I would help people that I knew who had their own business. They'd have a box of receipts and they're like, I have to file taxes in two months. Can you help me? And I would organize all their business and financials. And from there, I just started helping wow. people with their companies and their vision. If you tell me your business idea, as long as I can see it, I can map it out and build it. Departments, personnel, uh, financials, three-year performa, marketing plan, you name it. 
And so after a while, it's like I'm helping everybody else with their dreams and visions. What mm. about things, dreams and aspirations that I have? And so in 2011, I launched my first company. Diane means divine. So anything you see with my name, you'll see divine associated with a lot of times. Uh, so my first company is Divine Movement Making Successful Individuals. And it's Demissy for short. That's my K-12 virtual education platform. And so over the years, I've been able to launch several ventures. I currently am the founder and CEO of four. Um, I also run three in Massachusetts as the COO doing agrivoltaics, which is solar panels about 10 feet high and farming underneath. And um, But I've worked with a lot of global minds, a lot of experts in the UK, in Belgium, in Africa, in Canada. And along the way, um, we've launched the Black Technology Mentorship Program, which is a global aspect. And having all these minds with these amazing impact ventures that were viable, but couldn't get them funded. And then also being on a TV show where we had four days to solve a social issue. They took CEOs from all over the world and put us on different teams. I was placed on climate change. I was one of three teams who won and we were supposed to get funding. I know. <laughs> it was exciting. How to come up. They said we had four days to save the world, but with TV filming, it was two and a half. So we came oh. up with a business, a pitch deck, five-year performa, how it would work on ways to really impact climate change in one, but unfortunately never got funded. And oh. so I'm dealing with all this and I was like, you know what? I want to do something about it. I want to be the change that the world needs. And that's when I started my nonprofit Impact Innovation Foundation last year. Wow, I'm so happy and glad that I let you tell that story because I don't I don't think anybody can tell that better. I could be your MC in an event, but you would need an event where you have multiple speaking sessions so we could really unpack that Each in a way that, that helps people quantify and realize these aren't just buzzwords. You got the experience. Yes. You you really definitely. get in the trenches um, of what you do. That is amazing. So impact innovation foundation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to asking some deep questions about it and and what what types of people could benefit the most. Um, with that said, you covered some of this already. I mean, I think most of the audience knows that they should be listening in right now. Um, but who would you say um, would be like the, the top listeners right now, the people who are really going to benefit from knowing your story, knowing what you can provide? Why should they listen to you beyond the obvious that we just heard. And, uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll go into your vision from there. Okay, definitely. So who should listen? Entrepreneurs, innovators, startups, and also uh, VC, angel investors, corporate investors that look to actually put money into these startups and get a return on their investment. Why they should listen is to learn about what IF is doing on a global scale how we are changing uh, the way donations are received and, and given, how we're mixing philanthropy with investments. And then what are they gonna get out of it? How they can sign up for the startups and the entrepreneurs, how they can sign up, get involved, take our programs and really take their idea from out of their mind to in the market, building traction, having a research team around them. And then the investors, how they can be able to learn how to get a curated pipeline of tested and tried startups that mitigate risks. That's fantastic. Well, I've got two investors to name drop for you who were recently on this show. Um, one is Lance Cottrell. Um, I recommend that we get you connected to Lance mm -hmm. uh, to see what, what comes of you guys meeting. And the other one I just hosted this week, that's Bernard Chong. 
Okay. Um, and so we'll have to make that happen because they're both, Thank you. They're both some, like amazing people. They're both one of them's an angel investor. Mm -hmm. The other one um, has been more involved in the venture capital level. But they uh, I don't think levels matter too much when you get to that stage. No. Um, you know, like, <laughs> you're usually either just, uh, you know, you're a shark that's hungry or you're out to make a lot of a difference or somewhere in between. In between. Um, mm -hmm. So they're the, they have, to me, they both seem like great people who um, who are very much uh, big into impact driven opportunities, which is what uh, you're what uh, I keep. I keep getting on the, the tongue, the tongue twisting on the impact innovation. You can call uh, us if innovation foundation if got it we can we can also start coining the the acronym good stuff well let's hear about this what's your vision for those that you serve diane what what does their um pathway look like over the two three five years they start definitely working? yes so impact innovation foundation is a public 501c3 and so what we do is we work with social impact startups as long as you align with one of our five social issues which is climate change education, health, such as med tech and first responders, then mental health for youth. And then the last fifth one is technology for human betterment. As long as you're a startup that fits within one of those five, which it's pretty hard to not, uh, we educate, True. provide mentorship, fellowship, and early stage funding for you to be able to build that traction, test your product. We also wrap a research team around you so that we can measure the impact made, measure um, what has been going on so we can pull that data that the VCs are gonna need to see down the road. So like I said, we educate, we have the, the business fellowship, we help you with pre-launch um, and startup funding. And then we work with you to put you in front of our VC pledge partners once you've built that traction, tested your model, and actually have acquired customers. I love that. Cynthia, puedes quedar ahí en esta parte de la página. Um, we're going to stay right here for a minute on this part of the page. Um, and I wanted to ask you about that. Um, yes. So one of the, I guess probably one of the harder questions I'm going to ask, when it comes to, for those who complete the Education and Business Fellowship Program, they may apply for the capital. Do you have enough students in this program yet to where you have a percentage of students who who actually uh, receive capital? So we are in pre-stage funding. We're building out our 300 million of, uh, HCI, which is Human Capital Initiative Fund. So we're building that out right now. And so our goal is to officially launch in the spring of 2024 with our education program. But we have pre-registered uh, startups that are trickling in as we speak. Uh, they're already in the health industries, in technology industry, and also in the climate industry. And so those are coming through right now. Okay. Awesome. And that reminds me, I don't want to forget this. The other person I want to connect you to is Harut Markarian of Markbonics. Okay. Um, okay. He's, he's got a robot that will help oh, millions of disabled people oh, um, wow. throughout the world. And he's also, he's got Jeff Hoffman as a founding partner with him, the Priceline guy. Mm -hmm. um, so they've got a pretty good foundation set. Um, but, you know, you know how that goes. There's so much to be done to, to yeah. make it all come to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, so do you have a projection as far as uh, what, whether that's a goal or it's an estimate of how many, how many of the uh, incubated startups will likely get funded? We all played with that. Yes, we have definitely played with that. So those that who go through the education, that's a 12-week 
program, they can apply for our $25,000 pre-launch grant uh, to actually just get things rolling. And our education program is actually our filter as to who's ready to move forward to the fellowship. So you have to take the education program before you can take the fellowship. And that's how we curate and filter who's ready to move forward, who's actually ready to start building and creating. Um, because when they move into the business fellowship program, our VC pledge partners are also allowed to mentor them and actually um, feed into and um, help prepare them for how they need that, that investment to go. And so in regards to the numbers on how many startups we're looking, we can we do our education program four times a year. And that's we're starting out with 25 startups at once. So in the first year, we're looking at about seven, 75 startups that will go through just the education program alone. Our fellowship program is a six month intensive, intensive fellowship. And that one we're starting next year. We're only going to do one next year, and that will be 25 startups that go through that those that finish and um, be able to launch their program, they'll be able to get the funding and apply for that. So funding is anywhere from 50,000 50, to a million for that pre-startup funding to be able to go through that. And uh, so next year we're only doing one, but then in 2025, we're looking into two and then scale from that instead of just maxing out at 25 scale, test out, refine what's working, what's not working, what do we need to tweak before we move up to the larger amount of startups. I love that. I believe in mm -hmm. that process. I call it cinching the hose, um, you know, and and there aren't a lot of that. I mean, everybody wants to scale so fast. Everybody wants yeah. to be viral on TikTok. Everybody wants just explosive nonstop growth. And and uh, it's funny that everybody's at a 96% or worse failure rate. Um, so as loud as that is, I appreciate these quiet yes. that, that are practical about how things will unfold. So are you saying that out of the 75 who go into the education program, uh, the anticipation is that 25 will graduate to the fellowship program. Correct. Is that correct? Correct. Very good. Um, I like that. Uh, it's so funny. We have, we have extreme similarities in our visions. Um, you're, you're a bit further along than I am for really? uh, yes. Uh, the Academy of first class business, um, is very much built out. The foundations laid, um, the, process of how we would support people is not as well laid out, which is why I don't work with entrepreneurs. Um, mm. I don't work with the, the younger stage startups. I work with businesses that have three or more years of experience right. underneath their belt. Um, but with the way that you've built this, um, it seems like a very attractive model for me to kind of send people towards and Correct. say, um, you know, Diane Tucker's laid something out amazing here over with if. Mm -hmm. Innovation Foundation. I'm ready. Most that. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're like, I'm locking it in. <laughs> I am. So, uh, gracias, Cynthia. Lo puedes uh, dejar ya. Um, so, perfect. That's that's just amazing. Um, I, I can ask for yourself then. Um, what's your vision for you, Diane, in 5, 10, 15, yeah, however, you, however far you want to project? What do you see for yourself in life? Oh, man, for me, myself. I know I'm only one person and I have a huge vision of making an impact in well, K through 12 students are my heart. That's why I launched Demissy first. Um, and one, making sure that Demissy can be incorporated inside of schools, uh, K through 12 or homeschool, because it is too cool to have books, but everybody's got their cell phone. Everybody's walking around with that. Yeah. We have a digital library that's built into the cell phones. And my impact is to, in five years time, I really want to close that gap, that learning gap for reading, writing, and math. 
and that core foundation. Not only that, I want to bring families back into, the parents back into the lives and then control of their students' learning. Great, we've got Common Core and all that, which are all of our programs align with that, but now parents can get back into it, be like, okay, that's what your teacher assigned today, but this is what we're also gonna make sure that you do. And so that, and not only that, the program includes mentorship and tutoring. And nice. so you've got a lot of mental issues that students are going through with doubt in their mind. Like I've gone through class, but I'm getting bullied or I don't think I can do it. And what what it, what is there for me in life? And being able to have a mentor that's saying, oh, well, you like sports or you like music. You can turn that into a pathway to doing this. So you have some encouragement to move forward. So we're, we're doing the closing the learning gap. We're including the parents and the family back into their students' education. And then we also provide the mentorship. So improving um, education, not only in the States, but then going global with Demissy. And then also with IF and um, my partners, IF has three lead nonprofits. So IF is the main one. You're immersive is the second one. Exergy over in Portugal is the other one who works in Africa. So IF is not just a United States nonprofit. It is a global nonprofit. We are working with uh, visionaries all over the world. And my vision is to be able to impact the communities, the economic development, the accessibility, the lives of people worldwide by this global community that I'm putting together. And so being able to touch lives and improve them. Um, my motto is anything and everything I do is to help others reach their own level of success. Each and every person has their own version of success. Me just saying, I'm gonna help you reach success. I can say what I think success is, but that's not necessarily Jackson's level of success. Right. So then how can I help meet each person at their level, no matter where they're at in the world and help them reach their next level of success. And so for me, my vision is to connect with amazing minds, amazing businesses, amazing governments and officials that can say, okay, Diane, let's work together to make an impact around the world. Ah, that's awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a couple of seeds planted then for that vision. Um, one, as your education program, I mean, I don't know if it's developed yet or not, and what you're ready to talk to. But I will say, my sister's a principal um, of a high school in Midland, Texas. Um, so if you have a program or you have something, whenever you're at that stage where you've got something that they benefit from that you want to see just let me know um definitely look at it and we tested it for about two to three years it's on the shelves right now until it gets funded um yeah. and it's ready to go cool that's awesome so yeah let me know about that and then i have a another uh company i recommend um in relation to helping children with their reading um i haven't seen mm. um that that really stuck in my heart as much as when i met jen um, and, and Christine of this book called Critter Crew. Okay. So this is designed for kids who are of the ages of between three and nine. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's got not only the, uh, it's got a, it's got songs that come with it. I'll just show a CD for now, but of okay. course you can download this online, but the, the songs, they focus on one letter and they focus on how to pronounce that letter through the songs. I love it. So you learn the fun, the, Phonetics. Uh, mm -hmm. um, as you fall in love with these different songs, they're super good musicians. Christine's a super great musician too. Um, so I love it. It's amazing. And it's, you know, I love music. So when you you pull on that heartstring, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> good. Well, and, and I'm excited. But and they're 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 Christian women who 
they, that book that I just put over there mm-hmm. is a near 15 year old copy. It looks brand new. It is brand oh, new. Wow. They launched this business almost 15 years ago. They ended up focusing on their families and raising their own children, putting it aside. And a few months ago, they decided to start bringing it back. They're ready to, to help it, you know, take off. And um, I just I can't wait to see that resource in the hands of millions of children and parents, because mm-hmm. I've never seen anything in the market like it. That's amazing. Yeah. And they have studies. They have studies, too, of how well the kids have done with yes. the program itself. Yeah, the data behind it. Mm-hmm. I have to get you guys in touch um, okay. and see where that goes. Um, there might be a great startup um, to work with Impact Innovation Foundation. Um, but that that material, we got to get that in the hands of kids. If we can get kids yes. connected to the letters faster. I mean, they, they, they claim that with that book, kids would be going into kindergarten reading. Reading um, already. So, yeah, it would be huge. All right. Yes. Thank uh, you for that. So I got to ask, uh, you've been in business a lot. It means you've had your ups and downs. Let's go into some <laughs> of the darker side of it. So um, what's your worst business experience ever? I have to pick one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. This is a traumatizing question for a lot of entrepreneurs. <laughs> Let's see. Um I think this is about back when I was first starting out helping people launch their official business. And I had been on disability for about a year or two. Um, I was down in like the Temecula area. And there was a gentleman, uh, older gentleman, I think he's about in his 60s, wanting to launch this business. And I came on board to help him build out his programs, his plans. And at the time, I didn't have anything else going on. So this was pretty, a disability was pretty much my only income and what have you. And it got to the point where he started talking down on me, even though I was helping build out his platform, coding it from scratch, um, the operations procedures of what he needed done. And so I'm trying to work with him. Okay, so how are we going to get paid? How is this going to be? How are we getting invested so we can get our return on investment? We can pay our employees and move on. And he pretty much told me he was doing me an opportunity uh, of giving me an opportunity to work on this project with him so I wouldn't be sitting at home watching Oprah and just wasting my time and that I should be grateful. I would say that would be one of the worst experience I've had thus far to take. And I was just like, huh, okay. <laughs> I've learned tough skin over the oh years and gosh. don't let things like, because some people, would they get in the corner and, and it's it's got to mess things up, but I was, it makes me stronger. And I was like, yeah. Evidently, my need, my service is no longer needed for you. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, right. I, I, I'm glad you had the healthy boundary to know, like, uh-uh, I'm not doing this. How long were you working with him before that happened? It was about six to eight months. Oh, my goodness. I'm not too sure. Yeah, it was around that. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anybody who's been uh, burned by a, by a provider, um, you know, like, that's that's a... That's just disgusting um, yeah. what what he did and said. So, um, yeah, let's make sure we choose the people we work with um, wisely yes. and, and make sure they got our best interests at heart moving forward. Uh, you know, you know, and and you preach it because uh, yeah. a lot of people get themselves in that situation um, where they provide and and um, don't end up having somebody looking out for their best interests. So we might, we might circle back to that when we talk about the powerful lesson. But let's guys, let's dive into your best experience and business on the flip side what's your best experience been so far best experience 
I'm not so much this is my best experience, but right now it's my most rewarding is to see a transformation. Um, I do a lot of business consulting and speak and give into other people's lives. And so I am a fractional COO for a gentleman who has three companies in Massachusetts. He started doing his business as a sole businesses as a sole proprietor, mm -hmm. doing everything on a yellow mead notepad. I mean everything. Mm -hmm. And so it is now four years to date. He has one LLC, two C corporations out of those three sole proprietors, full staff. In uh, one of them, he is the industry leader in the nation because it's a brand new industry, working with state officials on help, helping to uh, create the policies on how this new industry can be mapped across the states. And being able to see his transformation from, I don't know how to time manage, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just a farmer, I can't do this, to okay, Diane, I'm a CEO of three companies. This is how we're going to run things. The confidence that he has, the growth that we've we've made these businesses and building out the operations and the processes. And so it would be like the pride of being able to see such a huge transformation in one person that has three amazing industries that are life-changing in agriculture, renewable energy, and agricultural consulting. And so I would say that right now is just one that's at the top of my list. Absolutely. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, that's, that's a heck of a transformation too. Um, you know, that, that doesn't, there's not too many transformations that get bigger than that reality. My apologies to everybody. Uh, that is my prayer alarm. Um, I so we, won't, we won't take a break for it, but my little, my little bell there reminds me that it's time to, to say a prayer of gratitude um be in the mindset that gong that you hear is the taco bell gong though <laughs> so it, it worked it was the best gong i could find i love uh, it but no that's that's a priority to keep at the top that prayer life i love it that is perfect <laughs> absolutely um so with uh with those two things um now now that we've accomplished both those I'd love to know what powerful lesson that you can share with other visionaries let's circle back to the one about um choosing who we work with um, and making sure that we have, we have people who appreciate <laughs> us. Um, but let's open the door a little bit further for now. What's a powerful lesson you would share with visionaries that they can learn from your experience so far? One, do not doubt yourself. So you're, you're dealing with someone who's gone through brain surgery, who's gone through some days crawling around on the floor, can't move. And so who am I to make a global impact when I need help to get off the floor on a day? And so that self-doubt, you need to get rid of that right away. And I know you said go bit broader, but what I was going to talk on is surrounding yourself with people who encourage you and speak into your lives, whether that's family members, friends, advisors, coworkers, peers, those that can feed into what you're doing rather than you sharing something. People like, oh, why are you doing that? That's never going to work rather than negative people that are just going to drain from you. If you've got enough doubt in your mind, you don't need added onto it from someone else. So that mindset is huge before you even start one iota of your business. Oh, I love that. I love it so much. It's, so this is one of the most common themes that I hear over and over from successful people. I want to circle back to something I said because people might take it wrong. And I said, so far, I want mm -hmm. to put into context that, Diane, you got more years of experience than me. Um, in the business world. So when I was saying so far, the reason why I project that is because I know that you got a few decades ahead of amazing things that you're going to be doing, which is certainly going to influence the amount of powerful lessons, the types of lessons you'll be teaching to others. Um, 
Gary Vaynerchuk um, was one of the first people on YouTube. I'd heard it before with like a, the highly effective seven effective mm -hmm. seven highly effective habits. Thank you, Stephen Covey. Um, but uh, Gary said it in a way where it just kind of hit me a little bit harder about surrounding yourself with five people. You know, they really build you up. Then Taylor Welch came along and he shared the concept of making sure that you do not share your goals with random people. Like share your goals with people who are going to support you. Um, not everybody, because people will come at you, like you said, and they'll tear it down. And so if you already have a little bit of self-doubt with that goal and you go share it with somebody else, well, why do you think that you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> Four more doors on you. <laughs> yeah. Very rarely do I feel a sense of resilience when somebody comes at me like that. Very rarely. Um, reminds me of a, a friend in high school who said, uh, I told I told her where I applied for college, and she said, "She said you're not going to get in there. I didn't even get in there. <laughs> in fact, I told her I was going to apply. I didn't apply. He hadn't applied yet. I, I didn't. I didn't do it. But guess what? By some act of God, they <laughs> sent me an acceptance letter, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like I'll take it. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, she was so mad. Um, but it it did. It completely deterred me." from moving forward with that, that dream yes. and desire. And so I would have been better off shutting my mouth and selecting better friends at the time that would support me on my ambitions. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. I keep that in mind. Um, all right. <laughs> circling back to choosing those types of people. Um, you mentioned one qualifier, which was looking for people who, when you, when you make a statement about something you want to do, their thought process is like, hey, that's awesome, right? They're supportive. That's a really great character trait to look for. What else should we be looking for as we're looking for healthy relationships who will support us on our ventures? Um, people that have actually gone through what we've gone through. So mm -hmm. that mentor type of person, that someone who has experience in the field, connecting with networks that are in the industry you're looking to work with. And there's a lot of communities out there where you can just do a Zoom meeting with 30 people and then learn from their experiences and like, I've gone through this, don't do that, it didn't work. And so you can glean information and sometimes you can build good one-on-one -on -one relationships with people that they can actually be a mentor for you and, and guide you along your path. So that would be one. I like that. Let's combine the formulas too. Um, so mm -hmm. it's kind of like a filtered system for those of you, you techies out there. Um, <laughs> for those who aren't, let's, let's water that down a little bit. So for instance, I might want to choose to select five people in my life who have 10 to 15 to 20 years experience or more having done what I'm trying to do. But to further filter that, right, I go talk to 10 people um, and one of them takes a condescending approach to telling me, hey, man, you're never going to succeed with that plan. You need to do it this way. Um, right. It's, I see a lot of people say, oh, man, he, he must be right. Jackson said, go talk to that person who's had the experience. Then you get another one who comes in and says, hey, you're really onto something. Um, and I look forward to seeing where your business model goes from here. Mm -hmm. Right. And they give you some feedback, but they do it in a healthy fashion. Right. I would recommend going with the person who was healthy and productive in addition to having the knowledge. It's not enough to just look for that one character yes. without stacking them together. What else yeah. you got to add to that, Diane? And also, um, even if they have the positive, like, oh, that's a great idea, 
Um, and they're like, can I can I assist you or, or here's some things to look into to kind of expand upon it. If they're coming in with positivity and believe in you, but they are maybe a little off on what your idea is, meaning, meaning let's say you come up with something that has nothing to do with um, an industry and you're trying to force it into there. A lot of businesses fail because they haven't tested out the market or done the research on it. They might be giving you a good aspect as to, okay, we know that's not going to work but do look at it from this angle, but still stay awesome. along your path. So being able to be able to receive um, not so much criticism, but critique on how you can model it. But if it's in a healthy manner, it's in a positive manner. There are some ways to learn from some things, whether then it's like, oh, they didn't say I was on point 100%. I love this. You're filtering the value back and forth. So let's take the person who's critical as well. And let's filter that further and say, you know what? I don't necessarily want that person in my life as a mm -hmm. best friend or as a constant advisor, but did they gift me information that is valuable for my next steps? You know, so if they're like, dude, Jackson, you're an idiot. You should have called 300 people before you even got started, mm -hmm. right? I have to be able to say, you know what? It's okay if they feel I'm an idiot. They are right that I should, should have, have called done it. Correct. I can go call 300 people and I can look for a mentor who's going to be nicer to me about the process or going to continue to look out for me and, and guide me that way. But I don't, I'm not stuck with somebody who's going to be toxic towards me. And that's that law of abundance at play, mm -hmm. realizing that just because you have an opportunity in front of you right now does not mean that's your last source of oxygen. Yeah, There are lots of other people you can turn to in order to, to get help. Um, Diane, we can continue on that path, but is there any other powerful lesson aspects of impact innovation foundation or your vision that you'd like to discuss since we got a, about five minutes left yes definitely i want to touch on the part of why vc pledge partners or vc investors yeah, angel investors any type of investors would want to work with the impact innovation foundation okay so, so investors who want to work with innovation uh, impact innovation foundation and mm -hmm. and that could be accredited investors that could be uh angel investors people first-time investors anything any of the spectrum correct correct really for specific types no, we're not looking for specific types. Okay. Any of those are good. Go ahead. Yes. So last year alone in 2022, $590 billion was invested into tech startups alone. Hmm. And then out of the data from, I believe it's called Exploding Topics, only 63% of tech, uh, not only, but 63% of tech startups fail within the first five years. So out of that 590 billion that was invested last year, they're going to lose about 371.7 billion over the next five years and not get any of their returns. If 1% of that was to come to if for human impact innovation um, that we're doing, that'd be 5.9 billion. If you broke that down to one tenth of 1% of 1%, let's say of that 590 million came to if for the work we're doing. And so that's an average of about VC capitals, VCs see about a thousand pitch decks per year. And so if we have VC pledge partners, we just call them VC pledge partners, but any pledge investment pledge partners that come in and say, I want to invest a minimum or pledge a minimum of $15 million over the course of the next three years at the, uh, the Impact Innovation Foundation Human Capital Initiative. So like I said, we're transitioning the traditional way of giving. Most places would say, give that full 15 million to if you get a tax deductible donation. 
we're not doing that. We're saying pledge $15 million over the course of three years. 20% of that comes to if as a tax deductible donation, but that tax deductible donation is now you investing into the startups or the education of the startup, should I say. So you're kickstarting the acceleration of innovation because that 20% allows us to provide our education program, allows us to provide the business fellowship program and allows us to work with these startups with that pre-traction funding to start and launch and test out. And so that 20% of their donation is furthering their investments. It's they're, gener they're, they're putting into being able to have a return on investments. So we're the first nonprofit that is returning a return on a donation. The wow. other remaining 80% never comes to if, we don't touch it, we don't see a penny of it. The other 80% of their pledge is what they allocate over the next three years to directly invest into social impact startups that have finished our program, that have tested out their model, and that have um, gone through, we put research around it, we put the news crew, because we have a Gatherverse news crew as well. So we put our news crew around it showing the story. So now when the startups nice. go through the fellowship, why we say it's a pledge partner is because now they're a partner. They can say, okay, who's the cohorts that are going through this, this um, fellowship? Now they can do their bespoke mentorship and say, we're gonna craft, I, I see three startups that I like. Now we can craft these startups as they're going through the fellowship and we can mentor them while they're going through your program so we can craft our investment. So once they build traction and test and they've gone through and tested true to, tested and tried everything to true and say, okay, these are the risks we had. This is how we overcame them. Here's our model. Here's how we built traction. We've, we have revenue coming in and now they can go and they're prepared for VCs to invest into them. So that's, that's awesome. how we're transcending um, and mixing philanthropy with investments. That's great. That's awesome. I'm excited to, to see <clears throat> that process visually explained. That would be my invitation and challenge to you to add to it. It reminds me a little bit um, in, a, in a very different way, but we had a company in, in uh, Canada that I own a very small percentage of, mm -hmm. um, and we were helping the entrepreneur gain grant funding through grants that were often overlooked and the money would have, you know, wouldn't have even been used, but right? our company had built a secondary nonprofit in order to apply for the grant funding legally um, and on behalf of the client and allow them to get 36,000 in, in uh, government grant funding for a $9,000 commitment that they also got back wow. from it as well. So they ended up with, with quite the, the financial investment in their marketing efforts. Um, and you've gotten, you, you've now created a system as well that, that is just being smart with moving the money and how the money is being moved in order to help entrepreneurs uh, bring their visions to life. Mm -hmm, most definitely. Not, no, I don't know if you're able to show, but that link I just shared is actually our uh, VC pledge partner deck that we send out to those. Oh, and that wow. visually describes that pathway of um, the in investing into the innovation, then the fellowship, then building their traction, and then when they're ready for investments. Cool. Let so, me take yeah. a little uh, extra minute on that. Uh, I think it's well worth the time. So if anybody wants access to this afterwards, I'm sure you can get in touch with Diane and, uh, mm -hmm. and gain that. You should see this on your screen. So um, you mind if I flip through this? Is that okay? Oh, go right ahead. So that, that roadmap right there showed that's very much pathway. And then that next page shows how we're transitioning uh, traditional giving. Nice. And anybody who's watching right now, I would challenge you to just pause the screen 
um, you know, pause the video and take a look through this. Um, I don't want to waste anybody's live airtime, um, but you'll be able to see this right after we finish the recording and you'll be able to flip right through it. So way to be well prepared, Diane. This is awesome. Um, how do you recommend people reach out to you and get in touch? Uh, at info at impactinnovationfoundation.org or they can just go to the website impactinnovation.org and fill out the contact form. Awesome. How about social media? Is there anywhere we should catch up with you on social media? Yes, following? I am on LinkedIn um, under my own name, Diane N. Tucker. I am on uh, Instagram. You can look up the divine CEO. Uh, <laughs> I told you I use divine in a lot. Um, and those are my two main social platforms that I use. Awesome. Well, make sure to have those in the show notes, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Vision Pros Live. Dan, it's been a pleasure to have you. I look forward to catching up with you and uh, yes. seeing how we might also benefit from what you're doing over at Impact Innovation Foundation with First Class Business, Passion Pro, and Oportunidades de Trabajo para Latinos. There's, there, we got a couple of different ventures that yes. may make sense <laughs> to explore. So thanks for all you do. You've built a wonderful vision. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Everybody, you guys follow us if you want to uh, subscribe in. If you have any comments, questions for Diane, don't hesitate to leave them uh, in the platform that you're viewing from. And we'll make sure she gets those. Everybody have a fantastic day. And if we don't see you before then, enjoy your Halloween too. Bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have a